1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: The Medicine Path Podcast is made possible through the generous support of our patrons on patreon.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, subscriptions begin at just $2 a month. Which gives you access to the full podcast archives, including exclusive bonus episodes and podcast extras. You can find out more at patreon.com forward slash medicine path. Welcome to the Medicine Path Podcast. I'm your host, Brian James. On this episode, I speak with Jamie Alvarez Acosta. Jamie is a traditional healer from Cusco, Peru, who has been trained and initiated in the wisdom teachings of the northern region of Peru, home to the ancient lineage of the sacred plant medicine known as Huachuma or San Pedro. Jamie began his initiation onto this path at a young age, and is apprenticed with master teachers in the alchemical mystery teachings of transformation and transmutation. Jamie has taught and led ceremonies at conferences, workshops, and specialized tours throughout Peru, Bolivia, Chile, and Brazil, and most recently Spain and Sweden. You can find out more about Jamie at children of the sevenrays.com. Now Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Jamie Alvarez Acosta on the medicine path. So I'm here with Jamie Alvarez-Acosta, who is a traditional curandero, healer, and wisdom keeper from Cusco, Peru. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Jamie. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, my brother. Thanks for hosting me here. Um, I, say, I say hello and sending blessings for you and for all the people that follow you. And it's such a, a big honor for me to be here with you.
2: Well, I wanted to ask you about your introduction to Andean wisdom and healing tradition. When did that begin for you?
0: Mm, It's really interesting. Uh, Beginning many years ago when, basically when I am born, uh, my grandma is a healer so um, you know, I, I don't have a my father, my mother, is raising me from son her own. And she needs to go and work. And my grandma needs to take care of me and bring me to, you know, people coming to do cochlear readings or some kind of therapies, And I am there, sitting with her when she do all the therapy, the readings. And, you know, she's a, we call herbalistic uh, she's working with some kind of herbs and create remedies for the people. Mm-hmm. So we I I growing in this reality until I, I think I have like a five or six years old when my grandma passed. After this I don't really touch this world until a major situation happened to me. Some robbers almost killed me. Um when I when I have like a sixteen, seventeen and it's beautiful, but one of my one of the students of my grandma, she he appeared in the house. He just knocked the door and we change houses, we go to live in another places. But the, I don't know how he found us. And when my mom opened the door, he said, Hi, my mom said, What do you do here? And and he say, your mom guiding me to you. She say that I need to heal your son. And because these robbers almost kill me, I feel really scared. I don't like to go out from my house. So there he do some kind of healing, do an offering for me, bring me back. And he's my first mentor. The one that introduced me to a circle of others yeah so it's more or less i in one way i always be both of this in another way you know it's a huge separation Mm -hmm.
2: yeah so i guess like from our western perspective we might say that you suffered a trauma and you had a fear of going outside and so how did he work with you to heal that trauma to bring you out of that
0: um later he showed me how but basically something simple and difficult in the same moment Uh, well when i when the the accident happened or the robbers almost killed me i feel scared And in this moment, one part of my soul that we call kalpa, that is mean the power or the force, the the power of the soul, is one part of the soul. Mm. Go away. And I'm beginning to be really fearful to go out, to be, you know, to talking with people, to be in the society, you know. So what he do in the ceremony is... uh, bring me back bring this peace that is moving away to uh, return this peace to myself and and in this way heal my soul because when, when some piece of your soul go away you know imagine if somebody lives in your house and this person go away the room is empty you know and there uh, is growing many different things the, f- the things that you put there one things that I put is fears you know? yeah. so it's full of fears when when he do the ceremony to bring my soul back when I, when my soul goes back to me he go into the room and finding Full of fears. Definitely. So there is beginning one process of clean. Mm. Okay. It's, it's like you go back to your room and your room is a disaster. Full of things, you know. So you need to clean. There is the beginning of my healing and my spiritual path. Because my spiritual path is always going to try to clean and heal this room. mm mm-hmm. Know, I'm processing everything that I put there.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of I'm not very familiar with the Andean tradition and the ways of cleaning. You know, I've I've only experienced really some Amazonian traditions, and they have their own ways of cleaning uh, mm. with ayahuasca and tobacco, things like that. So, um can you give me an idea of how, in your tradition, you do that cleaning
0: work? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cleaning is one way of express the process, you know because clearly is processing everything. What happens when we have empty spaces in ourselves in our life, then we grow in many things like. What I say, fears, doubts, or the anger, frustration, sadness, you know. So one of the Indian traditions uh, is go and connecting with this. Um, but not to kill, not to push away, no, to process So in, many, in my spiritual practice, I'm I facing my fears, for example. And I... I remember a, a beautiful ceremony when i face facing my fears and I say, okay, I say, hi, how are you? And he say, I, I am fearful. I have fears for these, these, these reasons. So the first things in the, in the Indian tradition is you don't try to let it go. You try to hold in this energy, give love to this energy, respect this energy, you know, because it's there to teach something. You know, so we go holding, connecting, sending love, and supporting this, the, this energy to transform herself. My one beautiful master that I have, today, his name is Victor Estrada, He told me one day and say, you know, all these energies, the sadness, the frustration, the anger is your child. You, you give life to this energy. You, you bring these this, this energies here. So you like to kill your child? No, I say, so you need to support your child. Yes, so go on supporting, supporting the transformation and the transmutation of these energies. When you give protection to the fears, the fears don't have nothing more to f- be fearful. So transform herself in some energy of, in more energy of love or happiness mm-hmm. or joy you know, so part of the Indian tradition is this. For this reason, for us, we don't believe in good or bad; we believe in the process. Mm-hmm. You see?
2: Yeah. No, I love that. I think yeah, the fear and anger are are usually showing up to protect us. True. Right. So they they're helpful but maybe it's not always appropriate where the fear and anger start to limit our lives in some way. So it's like having mm-hmm. a friend who's who's trying to do their best to help you, but uh, you know, you have to say like, Well thank you for the help, but I don't I don't need you, you know, I have the strength or something, right?
0: Um yes and no. For example, you have one friend that has fearfuls, but it's not your friend, it's you. Okay? Uh, sometimes people say, okay, you know, uh, it's no. I thank you for everything that you teach me, but okay, it's time for you to go away. You see? So one part of you go away. You see? So you don't go to feel fears, but you don't be in harmony because one part of you is moving away.
3: Mm.
0: In the Andean tradition, is really important, the Kapagnyan. What is Kapagnyan? Kapagnyan is the fair part. Okay? So you need to be fair with you. So it's fair for me to escape from my problems, or it's fair for me to be with my own world, in, with my own problems. And from there, beginning to supporting my progress to be my blessings you see so for this reason the main work is with each person i i be in the spiritual path and my main work is not to supporting people is to supporting me i need to be a better human being and with my experience of how i deal the things or how i deal with me it's possible for me to share my experience with another people. And another people may be finding some kind of instruments to deal with his own self. For this reason, um, I always say, I don't, my expectation, um, you know, I don't expect to be happy. I, I really love to be in peace, to be in peace with me. You see, and to be in peace with me, I need to f- try to have some kind of relation with my limitations, because my limitations go to help me, to um, help me to realize in what points I am, I don't pay attention to my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You see, or in what points I don't really be in harmony and be fair with me. Because in, in, what has happened sometimes is that we always love to be fair for the others. And the people, humanity and religion show us that you need to be good, you know? You need to be good for for, for everyone, you see? And maybe good for you, but, but generally be good Sometimes, if you are good with somebody, you are unfair with you. So the Indian traditions teach you that you need to be fair with you. And if you are fair with you, and you are, and you make uh, everyone to feel happy of things, fantastic. But when you are fair with you, if somebody then in your circle don't feel happy, is something that this person need to learn because it's, it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is how you go to be in peace with you. See? Not around other people. And generally, sometimes we're living for others. Mm -hmm. more connecting with the families for example no you do everything for your for your mom or your brother or your whatever your wife to be happy but sometimes what you create for these guys to be happy is no you don't feel good with this you don't feel that it's fair for you you see so you go to provoke for everyone to feel happy but the unhappiness is coming with you so one part of you go to feel angry for you with you you see so the the question is what part is more important in one way you are the most important part of your life because the only responsibility that you have in your life is you your child is too until these guys be 16, 17, when everyone needs to be responsible for their own life. You know? So the only responsibility is you. My master always says, you are born alone and you go to die alone. So be responsible for you is the most beautiful reality. Now, sometimes people confuse in this part and say this is to, this is to be a selfish.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and one beautiful elder from Canada, his Cree, he said, it's nothing wrong to be a selfish. Mean that you are responsible with you. You see. So I like to I, I like to interpret this world in or this world in this way. Mm-hmm. That I am responsible for me. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah. So I wonder if you could when you were um first started working with your your teacher that the healer that you mentioned and you were processing your fear. What did that look like? How do you engage with the fear in your tradition? Is it during a plant medicine ceremony? Are you talking with your teacher? How does that work?
0: Um Well, I'm working with Wachumos San Pedro for almost 25 years now, you know. So when I'm beginning, I have a lot of fears, principally to work at night, you know. Um, Some situations happen to me too, cases of exorcisms and difficult situations, you know. I see things there that make me feel more fearful. (laughs) Until, I be connecting with the medicine and continue to feel this part and the medicine tell me. Fears, you know what is the translation of fears, you say? Say no. Fears mean absolute respect. Every time that you feel fears, you mean that you respect the things that you don't know. Ah, so this part how we to transform this energy. No, I don't feel fears. I feel respect to what I don't know. And when I begin to transform the things and tell to my fears, no, you don't feel, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to feel like this. Everything, these things that you feel is because you respect everything that you don't know. So all my world changed. It's not that I have fears to deny and to do ceremonies there. It's not that I, it's like I have a lot of respect to do ceremonies at night. You see? It's not that I have fears about the spirits, it's that I have respect to the spirits. Mm-hmm. You see how everything changed?
2: Yeah, like you're you're respecting the the power of the spirits or the plant medicine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You see. But it's not like that I have fears to I don't know to be sick. It no mean that I have a lot of respect to the sickness.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: you see? So everything changed is according how you what is your point of view in this reality? Mm-hmm. See? My master always say, everything has two points of view, it's, uh, depending on what kind of well, point of view you choose.
2: Um, yeah, definitely. It seems like a switch from a, a, a more negative point of view that would be really limiting. To one that feels more positive, that would allow you to still uh, engage in life, mm. right? But with a healthy yeah. dose of respect for what you don't understand or what you don't know.
0: Exactly, because um, if you, my master, say the big, the biggest um, key to open doors in a spiritual world is is reverence. Mm. You need to feel reverence. If you don't feel reverence, uh, nothing is open for you. You see? And it's beautiful because I received this message from a spiritual world. You know? One day the spirits gave me a beautiful message in Tiahuanaco. I remember that uh, I we are in a beautiful ceremony there in the temple in Jawanakko in Bolivia, and some stones begin to call me. And I say, no, 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 i like to be here in the ceremony, I don't like to go to the stones. <laughs> so, I don't know, I lose control of my body, and it's surprising me that I'm beginning to run to the stones. And when I arrive to the songs, I just crush myself there, and it's, uh, I say, "Ouch," <laughs> you know. So, the this the spirit, this spirit, the song, what, what we call happen, tell me when I say for you to come, you need to come. Hmm. You see? And it's seven stones, and i hold in each of the stones. And in each of the stones, I receive some message. And, well, long story short, the message is like this. Say, with reverence, um, look your internal world. And... Walking no no, sorry. With reverence, look your internal world and walking with to feeling the power of your heart. Mm. You see, with with no fears, look your internal world.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's it's part of what has happened to me because. And I think every single human has way more fears to look herself than to look outside. You know, for this reason we are so critical sometimes. We see, oh yeah, look, this person like this, this other person like this. Because it's have fears, it's more easy to look outside than look inside. Mm -hmm. You see? So it's so much fear. People have a lot of fears to look internally. And it's just you. You know. And 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 walking with reverence and feel the power of your heart is maybe the most pure way to walk in life, generally, you know. Walking with reverence, you need to walk, feel this these kind of things. No respect, respect whatever person feels respect. And respect is something that is already so much poisoning, you know. Reverence is one more level of respect, hmm. you know. People just feel respect, uh, reverence for God sometimes, you know. And I describe to my students, they say, how you feel res- uh, reverence. Imagine you are in the top part of the mountain. And you see all the stars and you realize how small you are in comparison of all these stars and you feel wow this is reverence you know imagine you're in the middle of the ocean in a little boat and nobody is around you you see the ocean how huge is and you say wow you know this is reverence and Reverence is something that goes to open every single door and what you know The medicine teach me that you need to feel reverence for you Because when you see you how Amazing you are not this body, not this consciousness, not you the you the, 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 the soul the, the one that create all this reality, you, that transcend names, the only thing that is possible for you to say is, wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You see? So this is reverence. Mm-hmm. And when you have reverence, it's possible for you to walk in this vibration. So you recognize that you are, wow, something so huge. And you recognize that every single human is the same
2: hmm so you yeah. have
0: reverence for you for
2: everyone yeah i think uh that feeling of reverence is something that the plant medicines have really helped me connect to like when you describe being at the top of the mountain and feeling so small or in the middle of the ocean feeling so small uh the plant medicines have made me feel that way too. Like with the power of something like ayahuasca, feeling like I'm so small like a, and so uh, like young in comparison, mm. like, like a little child, you know, that's often the way that it makes me feel. And so it, it leads me to feel more humble in mm. relationship to the awesome reality. Now, I wonder, for you, when you work with people and you're helping them connect to that self-reverence, how... uh, like, I could easily see how that could turn into having an inflated ego or a sense of self. Mm -hmm. So how do you find that balance between staying humble and being (laughs) self-reverent?
0: This is beautiful, you know. one more thing when you see uh, for example you you mentioned this person standing up in the top part of the mountain and you see all the stars and you feel so small in this moment you say wow but also it is an irony we call reciprocity relationship so in this moment all the the stars look at you and say the same, wow, look how huge is this human?
3: Hmm.
0: How amazing is it? Because it is a relationship. The relationship is that you go and connecting with the stars and say, wow, so the stars need to answer to you in the same way. If now it's not a relationship. So in this moment, all the stars in the, plan, in the, in the universe say the same, feel the same for you.
3: Hmm.
0: Because you are there, bringing and connecting with this feeling that is not yours. It's universal. It's for you, but it's not. It's it's with you, but it's not for you. You see? Right. So it's company you, but it's not yours. Mm -hmm. You see? So this is maybe the main key. To, to, to try to be humble in this path because it's easy when 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 you teach the things for the people to go and be more uh, with egocentric you know and say I, I everything is for me you know but when you realize that everything is in one relation in a relationship uh, you don't you don't have room for this part because you you know that you are a beautiful part of something and something is a beautiful part of you.
2: Right. You're just part of the beautiful whole. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And it's, it's cool because I was going to ask you about Aini because it's a concept that I've heard about and I wanted to ask you about it. So it's it's great that it came up naturally, you know, <laughs> um,
3: something, so,
2: well, something else I wanted to ask you about, I noticed in one of your workshop descriptions, you talk about, uh, this Indian model of the person of the three bodies, the serpent, the puma and the condor. And mm-hmm. I, I love these models. There's these models in, in yoga and it helps me Kind of organize the way I think about myself or the way I see myself. So I find them very helpful and I'm curious about this model serpent, puma, and condor. What do they condor. represent? Mm.
0: Well, uh, originally the ancestors was talking about three worlds or three bodies, okay? And Catholics uh, understand this part in a different way, you know? When they say, oh, yeah, this is the the ancestors talking about three bodies, one is so three worlds, that is Uhu Pacha, Kai Pacha, ukupacha. The Catholics mention and say, oh, this is the demon place. Underground, you know. Mm-hmm. The ancestors say, no, it's under. Under Mother Earth. So it's the demon place. No, it's just under. And when you, this is the only place where you go in and regenerate yourself. Because it's like cultivate one part of you inside of Mother Earth. So Mother Earth goes to potentialize what you put there and bring one tree. You see? Now, we we are agricultures. So everything of our understanding is related by Mother Earth. What you cultivate underground is always going to growing and reproduce. Okay? This is related by the, the totem there is the snake. Because the snake don't have feet to walk, don't have feathers to fly. It's moving in the mother by vibration. You see? The second level there is the Kai Pacha. Kai mean this present this reality okay and in this present in this reality is exists one energy that supporting and give life to this reality some people call power okay they taught them that is the puma because the Puma for us represents the power, say that every time that he walks, he just feels the connection with Mother Earth and follow what Mother Earth teaches to him. So Kai is one world that is really connecting with what is Mother Earth guiding you, and you just need to follow her. You see? And the third level is the Hanakhbacha, the Hanakbacha Pacha represents the condor, you know, the biggest spirit, the sky. How this uh, huge burn arrived to the kingdom of the Father Son. And he brings blessings to us, you know, uh, support humans that live in the Kai Pacha. Well, this is. Uh, according to the ancestors, um, how is the representation of the three worlds in the Mother Earth. But also, you have the three worlds inside of you, in your life. You know, the Uhu Pacha, that is the internal world, is your mind. Everything is connected there. Everything in your mind is electricity, moved by vibration. For the reason that's You know, this body, the physical form, is, the, is represented by the Kai Pacha, the Puma. And your soul is connected by the Hanak Pacha, the Kondri. Now, how you go to describe the Hanak Pacha? It's difficult because you need to go and connect it with the spiritual world and you need to go and connect it with your soul. You see, um, according to the ancestors, say that there don't exist three worlds. exist just two. The mental world and the spiritual world. And this guy is dancing. half a dance, but I still do this. Mm. Every time that these guys touch each other together, in this moment, create this reality. For this reason, this third world, the second world, that is the Kaibacha, represents the Puma because it's the power of the creation of these two realities. Hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. So, now, talking about more spirituality and Aini, it's a relationship between these two worlds. You know, Aini in mean relationship with everything and everyone. Right now we do this part, but we don't know how many people go to see this video, or listen this, this, this video, you know? And we're talking about this. We're talking about that every time, everything that we do, already the people beginning to listen to things, because there's people that are waiting for this message. This is Aini. Aini is the relationship with everything, and everyone. So you have a relationship with, in this moment you have a relationship with everyone around you. Cars that is moving, and you have a relationship with everything around you. Plants, the stars, the alienation, everything. is in a perfect harmony in this moment. You see, this is I. So exists an irony between these two worlds. You see, some people just thinking that if I harmonize one world that is the spiritual world, is everything. No. Because you forget another two parts of you. You see? Now, generally the people thinking that if you go to beginning the transformation of your life, you need to begin in the transformation from the spiritual world because the spirit is the most big energy that now everything. No. It's the most exciting for some no. people, right? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not what is not what is the key. The key is to know every single world and move everything in every single world. So your body has something to share, your mind has something to share, and your soul has something to share, nobody leading the
2: transformation. The transformation is coming for the three ones together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, did you want to say more about that, or I have a question? Well, I'm curious about. So I I love what you said there. It's it's beautiful. It it reminds me of you know like the Buddhists say that with our minds we create the world. But through psychology, we also know that the world helps to shape our mind. And I think that this teaching that you just shared really captures that, how we're always in relationship. Yes, we're creating our reality to some extent, but our environment, our upbringing, our culture is also shaping the way that we create that reality for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I, I feel like you really captured that in a very poetic way talking about how, how that middle world, our, our kind of everyday reality, is a product of this relationship between the spiritual and the, uh, well, the, the mental thing. and the spiritual, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious about, in your tradition, how you work with all of these levels of the person. Are, how do you work with the body? How do you work with the mind? Are there, are there specific practices? <laughs>
0: Exists um, specific is the, um, ceremonies that we do to working in each different aspect. You know, um, maybe the, mo- the most beautiful way to working in all the three aspects together is is to make rituals. Um, in my society, we don't know what is, is the meditation, for example. Our way of meditation is not sitting and and do and connecting and try to explore everything that is happening with us. In our our tradition, if you need to go and try to find the answers, you need to walk to the mountains. So for us, walking is beginning to be a ritual. So there, you want to use your your body, you know, to move your, your physical body. I'm beginning to observe with everything with your eyes, with using your mind, try to connect and try to visualize and absorb everything that exists around you. You see? And when you're connecting with this, with the everything in existence, there is coming the divine energy to bless it. So for us, we, we, we do rituals in this way. So the rituals continue supporting us to move ourselves, to realize some things, learn, and also to receive some things from the spiritual world, you see. for uh, This is our way to do, um, to connecting with what is nature, you know. Yeah. And the most important part for us is nature. Yeah. Um, Why the, this, the masters, my elders say, why do you need to change you? Who you are to change yourself? <laughs> you see, what do you think you believe to change you? Because you are perfect in the way that you are, with all your limitations, with all your blessings. You are always perfect. Respect your nature. And from there beginning to work in your nature, supporting your nature, but respect who you are, you see. Sometimes people don't do these things. I like to be like another person, you know, and I I need to change myself to be like him or like her, you see. And this creates one huge, uh, st- trauma inside of you, because you don't respect who you are. Mm. You see, so part of the rituals that we do, and how we harmonize these three bodies, is to con- to have, uh, to learn, and to, re- to find respect between the three realities, and together these three realities have its own nature, and the, the, the work that we do is try to find our nature, you know. I always say to my students, you love to go to see the mountains, and walking in the forest and all the things, nice. You have some of these things you have inside of you. Discover this part. What is your nature? And respect this nature. And from there, beginning to potentialize this nature. Mm. And mm. finally, you going to be you
2: Yeah, which is what you, nature intended anyways to have a, a unique you <laughs>
0: exactly
2: not a a bad copy of uh Jamie
0: <laughs> exactly. exactly exactly
2: i'll be a, I'll be a very bad Jamie, only you can be
0: <laughs> the real exactly. Jamie <laughs> be- exactly because it's, it's because. I, I am the only one that is possible to be. Yeah. You know, each person has the same things. You are the only one that is possible to be. For this reason, Andean tradition, we might teach Indian traditions. I don't expect for you to be an Andean child. <laughs> you know, I try to support you for you to be the best version of you. You see, the Mm -hmm. best human being that is possible to be. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the main focus. I think all the spiritual um, teachings, classes, uh, traditions—the only thing that try to supporting is for you to be the best version of you.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So you uh, you have a special connection with Canada. I know you teach here quite a bit. When you're working with people from the north who might be from um, a European background or maybe they're from an Asian background or wherever they're from, people who aren't uh, from the Andes, and you're sharing these teachings with them, um, you know, I think... I can speak for myself that, uh, not growing up with a spiritual tradition from my own culture, having lost that somewhere along the way with my ancestors, um, often, you know, we're looking for something to incorporate into our lives so that we have this connection with, um, our own soul and spirit. How do you talk to people about that, about, uh, maybe a tendency to take on some of your rituals? Uh, is that mm. something you encourage people to do, or do you help them find their own way of doing ritual? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, interesting question. Um, one thing that I realized in many ways, people is lost uh, and try to find something more you know? And I don't think it's just it's the, in countries like Canada, if not, it's everywhere, in one hand. Uh, we have people here in Peru that don't know nothing about our culture,
2: mm, right?
0: and this is Peruvians, you know? Or we have people in the community that is angered to be an Indigenous person, <laughs> you know, because like to be something different you see. So everything, in every single place, I think humans have right now a really huge problem of identity, Mm -hmm. you know, identity because don't know who you, you are, you know, and this is a little difficult. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want. You see? So everyone in humanity right now has the same challenge. Now, we're supporting people in some... um, We teach sometimes. I I teach Indian traditions, but I ask for my students after the first or no, the second or third class. And I always try to explain this part and say, you know, this is not something that is a souvenir, you know, that you can buy one day and go away, you see. It's possible you go to receive something, you know. But it's almost nothing. You see? I I like to teach the people that that this is a path. You know? And I think this is the main challenge in societies like Canada when you have so a lot of everything. You see? One day I asked a question for my uncle, Cree in, elders in Canada and say, Master, why do you think these guys or your young people have these problems? And he's saying, it's because don't feel hungry. Have, have too much of everything. You see, so if you have Thai food, you have, este, I don't know, pizza, you have a hamburger, and you try to eat everything together, you don't enjoy one flavor. You see, so part of what I try to support in people is to make the choice. Okay, I go to eat hamburger, and I go to eat the hamburger. I don't need to eat the pizza in the same moment. I don't need to eat the Thai food in the same moment. I finish my hamburger. I follow this part. Finish the hamburger. And next time I go to buy the pizza and eat the pizza and enjoy the pizza too, you know. But it's something that you need to find. And Right now, with how is the society principally in Canada, the States, is... is, uh, a lot of respect, you know, for for, for traditions, for plant for medicines, for everything. And sometimes what the new age um, movement try to teach you is to that you have the rights to do everything that you like. If you do things with love, it's no problem, do it. Because <laughs> it's everything that you you know, you feel love so it's possible for you to do everything that you like <laughs> I mean, in older times we don't have the rights this idea of rights is not exist in older times in older times you have responsibilities so is responsible for me to do this part? yes or maybe not So, how I go to play with plant medicines if I don't know how to deal with the things? You know, I see cases that is so crazy, like what I described, exorcisms, people that lost herself, people that don't like to come back, you know? So, what do you do? Mm -hmm. In spirituality, and I need to say this part, Maybe nothing is peace and love. You know, spirituality is full of things. Full of realities. And people sometimes confuse in herself and try to, you know, just enjoy one one time something. And it's not respectful. So my, I realize that the medicine, in the same way that brings illumination for you, In the same way, it helps you to be lost, Mm -hmm. you see? And I realized that the new age um, movement need to learn something. A simple world that is, a simple world that is no. No. Mm
2: -hmm. No.
0: If 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 the humanity of the new age movement learn what is no, I think God to be really more responsible for herself with their own path. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to help really deep to humanity.
2: Yeah. I know um in, in Cusco you also you work as a tour guide for people, you take them on tours, right? Uh, so you see a lot of people coming down for plant medicine tourism, spiritual tourism. And I guess that you might be one of the best people to ask how that is impacting the local economies, but also the local culture and community. Uh, <laughs> is that a hard question? <laughs> it's a really hard question. Well, <laughs> create
0: a lot of confusion, hmm. and it's really, really sad to, to see. Uh, it's really sad to see I, uh, seriously uh, when I go and look somebody that using plant medicines ayahuasca or chuma, to just do for example you know, Buddhism the guy go and learn Buddhism in some place and later come and use ayahuasca and try to empower the ideas of Buddhism. What needs to do Buddhism with ayahuasca? It's different symbology, different reality. So, oh, oh, some people using ayahuasca with say, Catholicism. I'm talking about demons, angels, and things like this. In Brazil, it's really famous Santo Diamonds, like this. And Santo Diamonds using ayahuasca with a Catholic background. This is not respectful. So how is possible for us, uh, indigenous people, to feel if you see how the people manipulate your medicine? Hmm. You see? Be- and the most that the people manipulate the energy, the most that we lose the, the pure essence of the, energy, the, the medicine. Existing there are these two energies, one is Sami and the other is hucha. Sami is living energy, really pure. Refined nature, energy. The other is Fucha, is human vibration. Mm-hmm. Really solid, heavy, strong, human reality. Okay? So every time that we take, for example, one, med- one plant, the plant exists in semi vibration. Every time that you touch this plant, you go to put a little more hucha. You begin to transform this energy more hucha, 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 hucha. Hucha, human reality. You see? So for this reason, the ancestors, when prepared the medicine plants, try to touch the less that is possible. So you hold in more the sacrality and the essence of this medicine, the savvy vibration of this, the pure part. You see? So, because when you're drinking, you are connecting with this pure essence. But the most that you change and manipulate and try to, you know, manipulate the things, the most hucha that you bring. Not just to you that you are the leading the ceremony, if not to everyone that follow you. You see? So there... In one point is don't don't go to be a medicine anymore because don't have a spirit, Hmm. don't have uh, the pure part of the spirit. You're transforming in human reality, and Hmm. to see how the people using medicines in this way is really painful for us. Hmm.
2: You know. And I, I imagine it's um, it's a problem because financially it's bringing a lot of money in, and so maybe that's leading local people to make choices that they really don't want to make. It's it's a hard position to be in, right, with all that money flowing in.
0: Yeah, because uh, and then you have people that you know. <laughs> It's funny you see this part in Canada too. You know people that go and have how long you drinking medicine? Oh, I I go drink ten times to prove in, in three years, and now I have I am sharp. Sure. <laughs> sure, I trained nine years living here, doing ceremonies, thousands of ceremonies before I have the permission to to give one little cup of, of medicine to somebody.
2: You said nine years with Wachuma before you could pour nine for years. someone else? Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: You see? So and Or oh, oh, you see people here that dress in like long hair, all the necklaces, the, 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 the regalias and the things, and walking in the streets and say, oh, I am the shaman.
3: Mm.
0: Come with me, and everything is in love, everything is in harmony, and we need to give, and give medicines. Because... You these guys don't have the 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 know something okay I don't wanna say don't know nothing but it's not enough to live in some ceremony you know the first movement is the economy you know it's for this reason that in Canada for example I don't give medicine I love to teach you know I love to teach See, you know, if you like to learn about the medicine, you need to learn the tradition mm. Like, if you like to be a doctor you need to use him you need to go and study the science that involved all this um, the reality to be a doctor you know so what is the science if you like to be a shaman what is the science that supporting you Traditional science. Mm-hmm. So you need to study traditions to be a shaman. If you don't know traditions, you don't speak the language of the medicine. Mm. And you just put like what I say, with the Santo for example. Rime is, is ayahuasca. Don't try to study the essence of the ayahuasca. If not, put the Catholicism there. You see? Yeah. So you don't know nothing about the medicine because you don't like to study the medicine. You just go and use the medicine. And the medicine goes to bring uh, for you to be lost. Mm-hmm. Because you don't understand what is the language of the medicine. When I teach traditions, I try to learn you and supporting you to learn the language of the medicine. So when you, one day when you have the opportunity to be connected with the medicine, you will understand what the medicine say to you.
3: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: Because more important than the ceremony is the interpretation of the ceremony.
3: Mm.
0: You see, how you digest all the knowledge that, that you see, all the message that the medicine gave to you, mm. in the ceremony. hmm you have the wrong understanding, you go to make mistakes.
2: Yeah, well, this is something that happens, right? Is um, people will do some ceremonies and then they'll say, Well, the medicine told me that I'm ready to start serving. And so, how do you help people discern between the medicine talking and
0: their ego? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly for this reason it's important the physical teacher, too. Mm.
2: So having the physical teacher who's steeped in the tradition, I come out of ceremony, I say, Teacher, teacher, the medicine told me I'm ready to be a shaman. And the teacher sure. says, maybe, maybe not, right?
0: <laughs> yes, or say, sure, come, I'm going to teach you how to be a shaman. <laughs> you okay. need to follow me you need to follow this tradition you need to learn about the ritual you need to learn about this And that one is what you see here in this celebration you need. You see all these different symbols that exist in every single part of the tradition of course the medicine tells you that it's possible for you to be a shaman now you have the commandment to be a shaman
3: yeah.
0: you have the patient to learn to be a shaman isn't It's like go to the university. It's not something that, oh, I feel that I like to be connected. Yeah, sure, go to feel, Do the ceremonies and we will see how many people use so for it to be lost, including you. Mm, mm.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for that. I know it's... Um it's a complicated situation and i appreciate you speaking so openly and and honestly about it how you feel um now we've got to wrap up pretty soon but i want to talk to you about the retreats that you have coming up you've got a week-long retreat at a place that's really close to my heart hollyhock on cortez island in canada a place where i've had some amazing experiences it's such a peaceful, quiet, beautiful, natural place um, right on the edge of the world of Canada. It's about as far west as you can get before you drop into the ocean. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: and I know this, this is a place you've been to a number of times. Uh, um, what can people expect to experience or learn during that week with you?
0: Well, um, it's funny because I never programmed one class. You know, it's something that is going to be in the moment. But I want to teach about the three bodies, your mind, your, your body, and your soul. And I want to support people to harmonize these three bodies. To I mean, in one hands to make the perfect union between these three bodies. Recognize who you are in your soul, recognize who you are in your mind, and recognize who you are in your body. And from there move everything together you know finding harmony between you and your world for example with the retreat we supporting the people to see and give value to all the ideas and the things that you're thinking <laughs> you know and from there to try to make peace with all your ideas hmm. you see we Realize that the soul is a little bit related by the feelings, okay? So, we will see what you feel, and we will see how you go to make some kind of harmony between all your feelings. What happens if I feel angry, sad, but I also feel happy, I also feel good? How you harmonize these feelings? It's nothing to fight. It's not to choose one, you need to choose every all your feelings together. Mm. And when you put your feelings together, you finally go into your soul. You see? So, it's a really beautiful journey, uh, teaching about the three elements, the three bodies, and we go to give some exercise to harmonize uh, the, your three bodies using the four. You know, mm-hmm. because um, in many traditions, seven is a point of balance, you know, uh, and seven be the union between the three bodies and the four elements.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You see? So how we go to use and harmonize these this three bodies and the four elements, how we go to growing in a spiritual path. Yeah,
2: it's more or less what is going to happen. <laughs> sounds like Andean yoga, which uh,
3: <laughs>
2: yes. sounds really good to me. And also, I love that um, your approach of like respecting all of your thoughts and feelings and really honoring them, not pushing things away. It sounds like a really sound psychology. You know, it sounds like uh, this tradition really uh, is a way of taking care of the whole person.
0: Yes. I think, for the reason I say, it's the main mission for the Andean tradition to support in the humanity to be a better humans. Because right now, uh, we are humanoids, you know? <laughs> Machines go and do something and learn to do the things. But we forget to be humans. So, with these classes, we try to support the people to remember how it's possible to go to be a human. You see? And remember your humanity. This is the main reason why we are here in this reality. We don't be in this reality to be angels. We don't be in this reality to be, I don't know, something different. We are in this reality to be humans. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn how to be the best humans that is possible to be.
2: That's beautiful, man. That's a great place to end. I love that message, and I love uh, your mission in the world. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for taking the time to speak with all of us today.
0: Well, my pleasure, my brother. And thank you for the invitation. You know and, Please for everyone that listened this uh, the st- beautiful interview, um, receive the blessings from the Andes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Receive the blessings from from, from my land. Mm. You know? okay.
2: Yeah, I feel it. I feel it, man. And uh, thank you to the Apus for making sure we had a good connection. You're up in the mountains in Cusco. I'm in uh, snowy, cold Montreal, and here we are. I feel like we've uh, been in the same space together. So (laughs) Uh, much gratitude. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, my brother. Blessings for you, your family, and all
2: your audience. (laughs) Muchas gracias. Gracias, hermano. Que te vaya bien. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jamie Alvarez-Acosta. Just a reminder that if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, subscriptions start at just $2 a month, which gives you access to the complete podcast archives, exclusive bonus episodes, podcast extras, yoga resources, and a lot more. Please go to patreon.com forward slash to learn more. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. Until the next time we meet on the medicine path.